0: Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome to SWAT MMA. This is episode number one sixty-eight. I'm Jared, hanging out with Paul. What up? Coming to you from Las Vegas, Nevada. And today we're gonna to be smoking and talking all about the aftermath of UFC two hundred and ninety. We're going to be talking about the upcoming BKFC 47, which sees middleweight champ Dave Mundell defend against number one contender Mike Richmond. And we're going to spend some time talking about the upcoming announcement of one Francis Ngannou versus Tyson Fury. But first, you know what time it is. Grab that stash. Fire it on up. Let's get into the weed of the week.
1: Smoke weed every day. Today we have a classic strain. Uh, we got some super de- sour diesel. I know this is one of your personal favorites. Dude, I
0: love all the diesel, sour, oh, yeah. super
1: sour, um, all of it. So this is a sativa uh, cross between super silver haze and sour diesel. Um, you know, super silver haze is one of my favorite strains as yeah. well. Um, and then also we have some tangerine dream as well in the bong there. Um uh, right here.
0: Dude, this Tangerine Dream is some of the, the densest, stickiest bud I've picked up in a long time.
1: Uh so tangerine dream is a cross of G13 Afghani and Neville's A5 Haze. I've not smoked Neville's A five haze before. I have not either. Honestly, I don't it doesn't even
0: sound like a familiar strain. No. But I definitely have had some Afghani and some G thirteen. What do you think of the sour diesel? I know it's not your favorite taste in
1: herb, but... It's not my favorite taste, but I like the high that I get from the diesel strains. Yeah, yeah, me too, for sure.
0: Oh, my Lord. All right. Before we start smoking anything else, we want to thank the sponsor of this segment, which is Binoid. You can get some great deals on their CBD and Delta 9 THC products if you simply go to our website, SWATMMA.com. Click on the Cool Stuff button. If you follow the links from there, you can help out the podcast, and you can get yourself about 15% off your first order from those guys. Now, hope you're smoking on something delicious with us. If that's your thing, let's get into some combat sports ball.
1: What a wonderful weekend we had just pass up on UFC 290. Uh, Real, real, really good event. Um, It's about time we had a nice UFC card. They've been some fucking duds lately. Yeah, this shit was a banger, though. From start to finish, we had four fights, and within the first 40 seconds, the first time in UFC modern era. Did you say they all ended? Yeah, all ended in less than 40 seconds. Four fights on the card. Mm -hmm. We had a 17-second knockout in the prelims. Another 20-second uh, knockout in a uh, strawweight co- contest in the prelims as well. Then you don't you had... see that
0: a lot in the women's strawweight division, mm-hmm. let's be honest. You don't Not see a lot, lot of knockouts, period, let alone per round, 17-second <laughs> yeah. fucking slaughters like that. Uh-huh. Uh <clears> huh. <throat> we even saw Bo Nickel put his fists up and get a, a quick knockout, which we'll talk about a little later as well. Yeah, as
1: well as Robbie Lawler. Let's start there. Uh, so we had Robbie Lawler coming into his retirement fight. Um, taking on Nico Price, who's always, always uh, you know,
0: got some fireworks in there.
1: Yeah, Yeah. he's a great action fighter. But Robbie just ran him over, man. Thirty-eight seconds into the fight, he puts Nico to sleep. Yeah, eight shots landed, and that was it. Yeah, and it was one of those ones too, where uh, like started as a combo, just you know, grabbed him in the clinch and just laid hammers on him, and put him out, out. Like he was out before he hit the ground. It was really nice
0: to see, um, not that I want to see Nico get knocked out, but I don't like it when MMA fighters, especially legends like Lawder, they fucking go out on a loss or they get knocked the fuck out and you're like, damn, that sucks, man. <clears throat> it's really nice to see a guy state that it's going to be his last fight, then go out and just fucking look, put on a vintage performance of what he's known for, get the big win. Well, and
1: I I feel like there's just been this weird narrative around Robbie's name before, going into this fight that he was like this washed up guy. Robbie had won three in a row before he won this fight too. His last fight was or his last loss was in 2019 versus Colby Covington. Like that, that is like like people. Yeah, he's he's an older seasoned vet, and I do think he went out at the right time, and I think that you know it was a, a great way to put a cherry on top of a historic you know Hall of Fame career, but. This was not some washed-up guy. That uh, even the betting odds had had a very similar, you know, uh, connotation to them because you know it was. I think it was plus three forty or something. Yeah, he that was, like, was. We had
0: some technical difficulties on the show last week, so unfortunately, we weren't able to upload. But I mean, we had called that Robbie Lawler, and Nico Price fight as the best value bet on the fucking card with those odds. Yeah. Um. And and it proved out exactly that way. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so just a, just a great way to go out for Robbie. And I really like the way the UFC handled the post-fight. They had put together a little uh, video package of, you know, just some of his greatest performances over the years. And it, he's really kind of been a company guy when you talk about, you know, his championship run. He fought everyone they put in front of him to the point where, you know, I just feel like Robbie's really, like two guys. He's a savage. Kids, bro. He's just uh, always been a savage always been a whoever you put in front of me, I'm going to fuck them up kind of guy. And he'll, he'll be missed for sure. Um, but congrats to him on his retirement and moving forward. How about him and
0: Rory McDonald's fight for that
1: title? Oh, dude, that was literally probably the greatest fight in the history of mixed martial arts. It's definitely one of them.
0: And I mean, look what it did to Rory McDonald. Rory McDonald was
1: the heir never apparent the to fucking
0: GSP. Yeah. And he was never right after that fight. He was no. never the same dude. It just took a piece of his fucking soul.
1: I feel like there's certain certain performances where a fighter can look back in their career and, and that happens. And I that yeah, that's definitely them.
0: <laughs> so that was really
1: awesome seeing fucking Robbie
0: go out like that. Um
1: What about
0: your boy Bo Nickel.
1: I feel like now, he proved all his supporters right and all the doubters wrong.
0: He had a late replacement. Um, another seven. It was an undefeated prospect coming in, seven and oh. Bo's only four and oh in mixed martial arts. There are some people trying to shit on Bo saying he's fighting cans or whatever. Look, he's fighting guys he should be fighting at this stage. He's fucking four and oh. He's fighting a guy that's seven and oh.
1: Yeah. Not only that, is. A, a big thing that people are not talking about is the fact that if Bo is this prospect that people say he is, it is a part of the upper echelon that people like myself have put him in. He's supposed to do that,
0: you know. Yeah, like he's not supposed to go out and have a close fight. With
1: no, guys. like, and operate. he's not. That's the thing. So, like, what is what is your What are these people's like big like knock on him? You know mm-hmm. that, that he's getting a push like, you know, in the. Uh, you know, promotional side of things because that happens to tons
0: and tons. Of well, guys he's literally the one, of the UFC. basically the best blue chip prospect in MMA in the UFC for sure. Yeah, like who? There's not like they're pushing him because he's Connor, or, he, or 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 even worse if he's like Logan Paul or someone that just has like a following that are mm-hmm. trying to milk off of it and he's not worthy of the promotional push. I kind of get that, and some people had questions say about Connor's. Actual skills when he first came in Mm -hmm. and some people would like to shit on the push that he was getting because he only put money in there But dude Bo Nichols getting the push because he's legit as fuck.
1: Yeah And And I
0: really feel he showed that there are not very many holes in his game No, he went out there and instead of using his wrestling In really obvious ways, he instead used it to set up uh, some very strong punching and gets a clean KO.
1: Yeah, I mean, anytime you knock someone out inside 38 seconds with seven strikes, you did something right. (laughs) You know what I mean? And another thing is, that I feel a lot of people don't talk about with Bo, is his overall demeanor inside that cage, I feel like is a huge difference in his, just in his mental game and his advantages within, you know, fighting just because he's been there, done that, bro. He's been, he's been fight. He's well, he was wrestling in front of fucking twenty, thirty thousand people when he was fucking fourteen, bro. Right. Like, he, he, there's no moment that he's going to crumble under. And I feel like that's what people like are waiting for. They're waiting for this big moment that he's just gonna like. All the pressure is going to become too much. Like, yeah, if he loses in his MMA career, what the fuck ever. Everybody loses. But these fights, he's supposed to win these, man, and he's doing it in very very interesting fashions you know what i mean whether it's you know the he's got five fights in his career he's got two knockouts inside of uh 30 seconds and then three submissions like what more can you ask of this guy at this point no no, nothing more i think and
0: now i think moving forward is the time for him to get a solid test yeah i feel like somebody that's ranked at least in the bottom
1: Someone the in the bottom 15, 15, I think, is coming
0: soon. Look, we got, if we're looking at the rankings right now, let's talk about his next opponent. If we go to number 15, we got Chris Curtis. 14, we got Andre Munez. We got Ivanov. We got Gastelum, which he, Gastelum's now dropped down to uh, Welterweight. So he's really out of that mix. Yeah. We've got Brendan Allen. Then we're getting up with the Jack Manson's, the Doldes, And then Brunson, Strickland, Costa, and Duplessis round out the top. And of course, I don't forget about Whitaker in there. But yeah, you're not going to match up with Whitaker, but I mean, I'm thinking a Chris Curtis
1: or even a Jack Romanson. I was just up. thinking Jack Romanson. If you want to go, if you want to go all in, you go Jack Romanson. Yeah. If you want to go somewhere that is, you know, not necessarily safe, but more of a stepping stone, or not even stepping stone, but just like a next level kind of thing. I think like Andre Muniz or Chris Curtis or um, Master Dean. Yeah. Or Brendan Allen, too. Brendan Allen's another one where he's kind of in the middle of the uh, middle of the rankings. He, he's he been that prospect. and I don't know. It would be a very interesting Yeah, he's got a think. lot of experience.
0: I mean, he's 22-5. and five, Yeah. Plus, that's a,
1: it's a lot of, yeah. I would see the path for
0: Bo Nickel running something like this. Somebody like, say, let's just say Chris Curtis, uh, because he's at the bottom of the rankings in the top 15 right now. Yeah. Let's go with that. And he beats Chris Curtis. Then you move him up to either – Hermanson, or even so far as like a Derek Brunson, and he beats those guys, and you can either move him to a title shot or match him up against like Marvin Vittori and see what happens. <laughs> that being the final test before taking on Duplassi or, or Adesanya or whoever's got the title at that time.
1: Yeah. Or if you really want to get spicy, you can have him fight Comzat down the road. Yeah, I mean, Comsat's probably going to be in those rankings
0: at some point, but right now I can only figure that A, he's got health problems, or no, that's probably B, is A, the UFC's punishing him for that egregious weight miss and then his horrible attitude about the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And they're being like, nah, son, you're going to sit on your ass for that. Or he's got some sort of health problems or drug fail. Yeah. Because, you know, you saw that quit um, publishing the fucking drug fails. Yeah. So he could have pissed hot on some shit and then be sat down, and we just don't know. Now he's never had those type of problems before. I'm not trying to shit on the guy's name as far as that goes, but I'm just looking at possibilities to why he's been sitting for so long
1: at this point. <laughs> yeah, and there's been also like rumored fights that were going to be announced, but you never like never really materialize. So. Him and Costa
0: were a thing for a minute. Yeah.
1: Now him and Usman has been kind of in the in the
0: news cycle. That's kinda of pussy to me though, because he or, or weak for me though, because he wants Usman to move up to one eighty five. Yeah. And Usman, is, Usman could fight eighty five. I mean, he could, but not really. Yeah, I mean, fucking fifteen pounds off on his, onto his championship weight, and he's old. I've I just not seen it. If if he was in his prime, I would say. It would I make mean, sense. you can't call out the smaller guys and expect them to move up in weight to fight you. And I don't think that he can come with that weight anymore. I think he's a fucking middleweight chameau at this point. Yeah, until the UFC says otherwise. But what do you think it is? You think he's just getting punished for that all that shit? I mean, he dude, he fucked up bad, and then his attitude was like, "Ha ha ha, fuck you guys."
1: Um, I don't know. It really just depends because I think what happened also on that night is he lost a lot of shine. And uh, with that being said, is there this like crazy want and need for people to watch him fight right now? I just don't think it's there is it? as much as it was before. His fan base tends to be, I think, is a lot more Middle
0: Eastern and, and part of the world is, or, or Russian or Chechen or wh- whatever the fuck that that block of the country yeah, is. is. So it's hard for me to gauge here in America. He's not like a popular dude, really.
1: You know, so yeah, I, he's I don't, just kind of seen know. as like this force type thing. You know, but also I also feel like the, the UFC <laughs> has made made you know so many mistakes in how they brought that guy up. That's what worries me about Bo Nickel. (laughs) Like, if the UFC handles it right, he'll fight as the ladder goes up. If the UFC handles it wrong, you'll see what we were talking about a couple weeks back with MMA uh, fighting, putting that article out saying, had DuPlessis lost this this weekend, that Bo Nickel should have been next for the title shot, which is just nuts. I don't need to give Bo Nickel a title shot. He can't beat Israel out of Sonya right now. Yeah, it'd be real tough. Uh Unless he just straight wrestle fucked him and like Izzy just had no chance. But I just don't see that happening. Izzy's striking, is too good to to let someone get in on you like that quick. I
0: don't understand people's problem when, like, if if he's fighting guys like this is what he's supposed to be doing and people complain. If they rush him into a fucking good top tier fighter and he gets beat, then people are going to fucking complain. And by people, I mean MMA fandom. Yeah, 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 I
1: don't.
0: I don't have a problem with how they're with with fighters of his stature being brought along. Brought along the correct way, even like they did Connor. Like I thought Connor was brought up the right way.
1: Yeah, I mean, I really do. Yeah, you had, yeah, you had him fight some other prospects. you I mean, fighting off a of Marcus fucking Brimage. Brimage you know and then Holloway, mean? and then then he uh, was into
0: the Holloways and the Poiriers. Mm, yeah. And that Dennis Seaver thing, that, that, that was just a fucking fill-in fight because he didn't want to wait. Yeah. People try to throw shade on that, but he didn't earn his title shot off Dennis Seaver. He earned the fucking title shot off Poirier. beating Poirier and then decided to take a fight in the meantime. And not he only that, take a people, shot.
1: and that's the thing that people don't realize too, and that's why Bo might be fast-tracked to a title shot too, is like, let's say, let's just throw this out there. So let's say that in his next fight, they do give him someone like a Jack Hermanson. And then... Adesanya were to beat um Duplasty. Duplasty. You have a whole division kind of similar to Featherweight at that time that has been cleared out by the champion and you just defeated someone who's a serious contender. At one point, Jack Manson was like what people... Yeah, he was a legit he, for like... <laughs> I don't want to sound like a dick when I say this, no. but Jack Manson was Duplessis five years ago, but his fight to get him the title would have been cannoneer, his and he lost. This fight, you had Duplessis beat Whitaker and now he gets his shot. And and that's just kind of how the sport goes, you know what yeah. I mean? Um and if Bo were to go in and beat someone like that, I could see them giving him a title shot off that. They might the way the
0: division is. If uh if Duplessis wins then, Do they get fucking changes?
1: Perea a title shot off beating Bruno Silva, who's not even ranked invoice.
0: True, but that was only due to his history
1: with, with Izy though. Yeah, but also if he that, hadn't
0: had that history, he was just some guy.
1: No, I feel that. Should. I feel that, but I'm just saying he's in the same breath as also like a high, highly touted prospect that entered the UFC. People need to understand that that point of view. But also is like right. when you have, when you're this highly skilled person and you're just rounding your skills out, there's fights you need to see just to see where they're at. And I think this was one of those fights. Everyone kept talking about how Bo was submission, takedown, submission, takedown. He's like, all right, let me show you my hands real quick. Goes out there, uses his hands, gets a KO. And I think on way he goes. Onward. And I think we move onward as well. So uh, then we, after that, saw probably what I would call the fight of the night. Uh, It was Dan Hooker taking on Jalen Turner. And just like an absolute banger, back and forth fight that it was just chaos for 15 minutes.
0: Well, this is a 155-pound fight. I don't know how Jayla Turner usually makes that weight. I've always wondered. and He missed weight by two pounds on this one.
1: Yeah. And typically... Technically three, but they get the fucking...
0: Yeah, they get that extra pound allowance. Extra he weighed 158. Um, Usually, in, in my recollection, I, I don't have all of the numbers in front of me, but typically it seems that the fighter who misses weight wins mm-hmm. because... I I attribute that to just, they don't deplete their body as much, you know what I mean? Plus, they've got the extra fucking weight. But this time, we saw uh, Dan Hooker. It was just a new Dan Hooker all the way around. I mean, he looked different. He, he won. He he, he righted that ship. He was blonde it? hair. He got the fucking tats back. I mean, it wasn't really new. It was Dan Hick, Hooker that we've seen. But, I mean, he looked different. Yeah, He fought well. He really took it to him. I thought he was gonna lose uh, that fight.
1: He fought well for a little bit. <laughs> in that first round when he got dropped, I was like, Oh, here we go again.
0: Yeah, I mean I didn't see it as a split decision victory though. I thought it was a pretty
1: clear victory for Dan, but mm. I thought it was very back and forth though in that second round.
0: The second round a sec- you know the second round for Dan? No, no, I'm sorry. Second like, round, third round. In the second round, he would have the if there round... was ten more seconds in that fight, the, the shit's over. Because yeah, 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 he that trope was locked round. up. Like yeah. the second round ends for those of you that might not have seen it. Um, Dan Hooker's beating the shit out of Jalen Turner, takes his back, and has got him in a choke. Like, that's it. It's just a matter of fucking time. Yeah. And then the bell rings. And so...
1: I just feel also that, like, Dan Hooker's jujitsu's jitsus not that great because anybody else would have locked that in inside that 15 seconds. He, like, wasn't even really looking for it. It was just kind of laid in his lap. He's like, oh, shit, word. <laughs> but how do you score that round, though? I mean, when
0: someone is that close to victory, how is that not swing it to 10-8? Like, you've got a guy who was a hair's breadth away from winning the round, convincing, or not the round, the fight. Mm -hmm. So that's not a 10 8. Like, he was whooping that ass for the last, like, minute. And then literally, you're, like, maybe 10 seconds away from victory. Like, it's locked in. It wasn't, like, oh, he almost knocked him out. It's the equivalent of, like, being saved by the bell on a 10 count.
1: Yeah. You know what I mean? I feel that Dan Hooker had one mistake that makes that round not a 10 8. I think in, there was uh, an exchange, I think like about a minute left in the fight, where Hooker kind of like knocks him down. But you know, it's kind of one of those knockdowns where he's like running away and like bounces off the fence and goes down. And like in that case, you know, your opponent's wobbly. And Dan Hooker just like grappled it out with him. And I was just so confused by it. I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Just let him up. Cause all you do is let him up. Throw four strikes and he's going to bed. Like, and I feel like that was really, really just a mistake on his end. I feel like if he just would have stood, Turner up, he would have been over in the second round. It would have been a TKO. It was just like I don't know if maybe it was because Hooker was tired too, because both guys were fucking gas. TKO out. in the third. The
0: second. Oh, oh! You mean if he would have stood him up? Before, yeah, if he would have stood before going for the choke, or, yeah, for yeah, the yeah, choke.
1: just stood up and and just you know put him to bed. I thought. But I mean, the grappling side it did it did turn into that choke, but I just feel it he didn't even need the choke. He he could have just stood had the ref stand him up and Turner was so out on his feet, man, that like it was it was there for the taking, kinda like what you were saying. But I just feel like the submission versus if he would've stood up and maybe knocked him down one more time and then the bell rang, I thought would have made it more of a ten eight than than him pretty much passing his guard when they're both completely exhausted. Well, Hooker did
0: outstrike him in every single round as well. I mean, for what that's worth.
1: Yeah, the only reason he really won round one is because the knockdown.
0: Well, it was a great fight. Hooker gets a split decision victory,
1: uh, yeah. writes the ship for him there. And, uh, yeah, it, was was there for it was a little rough road there for him. Fun fight. I feel like it did. People discredit Dan Hooker a little too much, though, so because you got to think about his strength of schedule also. You're talking about his losses were to Michael Chandler, Dustin Poirier, like, great fighters. Paul Felder, like, or no, he won the Felder fight, never mind. But, uh, like... Well, he did lose to Arnold Allen, which kind of... Dude, that fight was a banger, though, fight too. fight was
0: a banger, but I mean... He got outstruck 14-49 to 49 in that thing. It kind of took some shine off him. And then the Makachev loss isn't bad in retrospect.
1: It was like on two days' notice. Like, you know what <laughs> I mean?
0: But, I mean, prior to that, yeah. I mean, he's got the win against Nazareth, Then he lost to Chandler. He lost to Poirier. Beat Felder. Beat Al, the real estate agent Iaquin. <laughs> beat Vic. Beat, lost to Edson Barboza.
1: Yeah, that's the thing, though. He's had these, like... He's had these, like... fucking Burns. He's had these trends, but like people like love to write him off for some reason. Like everyone's kinda like, oh, this is it, I <laughs> I'm like, dude, no, this is not it. Like, cause one of my friends was telling me, he's like, he's like, if Hooker loses here, it's kind of done for him, huh? <laughs>
0: like, uh, look at the stats know, on the man. Poirier fight.
1: Poirier and him was a fucking war, dude. I don't Oh my God. Yeah.
0: And look at just look at these initial stats. Significant strikes, Dan Hooker, 155. Dustin Poirier, 153.
1: Yeah.
0: Takedowns, four for Hooker. One for Poirier, sub attempts. Four for Poirier, zero for Hooker. You know, and he loses the decision. I mean, that's a close fucking fight.
1: Yeah. And the Michael Chandler and the Islam ones are like kind of like Islam. It was on a week's notice, like fill in, and everyone saw a submission by takedown submission coming. In the Chandler one, that was like Michael Chandler's moment, dog. It was his first fight in the UFC, and he's an elite competitor, like. Losses to elite competitors don't really hurt your record like no, no people want to say. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, sometimes you shoot for the moon and you land on a cloud. And you got to be okay with that. <laughs>
0: <coughs> we're well, running off the top of the card here. We had a really highly anticipated showdown between Robert Whitaker and Drikas Duplessis. And a lot of people were in the lead up to this fight really writing Duplessis off. I guess just reasons because he's easy to shit on for because he looks weird. His, I don't mean his physical looks, but his fighting style is a little
1: awkward. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I didn't think he was gonna win. I didn't think he could beat him. And not only did Winter he go out is and also beat her, but fucking one of the like top of the food chain fighters, probably in the history of the middleweight division. Dude, he's only but lost to Adesanya.
0: Yeah, in that division. I mean...
1: Yeah. Had some great fights too at middleweight. Like looking back on like his fights with Yoel and his championship run, like it's just going into this fight, just didn't think he was going to lose. But and not only lose, it was you know he gets KO'd
0: at two twenty three around two in a fight that he he got his ass whooped. I mean sixty two to thirty one on the total strikes. And dude plus C said he had uh, some really. Difficult problems breathing through his nose throughout his career, and he had surgery to open up his, uh, his septum and his fucking nasal passages. He's a real mouth breather, though. Yeah, he's gonna be, <laughs> yeah, he's got, well, that makes sense, though, so if you yeah. think about it, if he hasn't been able to breathe through his fucking nose this whole time, he's still gonna be a mouth breather.
1: Yeah.
0: But the amount of that oxygen the that means. he's getting is really gonna go up. Like, that's fact. Yeah. Like, that's gonna help his cardio, which I mm. hear has been a bit of a knock on the guy. But look, he came out and shut everybody the fuck up. And dominated Robert Whitaker. And did something only Israel Adesanya has done to him. And that was in the first fight. He just went five rounds with Izzy. Yeah. So. And it was like with a jab. Dude's got some power. He's a big man. Yeah.
1: He's, he's fucking big. Yeah. He's, he's got very a big heavy. frame.
0: He's got a big frame. He's pretty muscular.
1: I mean, Izzy's kind a little of top bit taller. Like, if you look at his frame, like, he's, he's a big, he has like a big back. Like yeah, he just looks like a bear.
0: I'm looking forward to the fight between him and Adesanya. I and I'll just say this because I don't want to drag this topic out too much, but yeah. um I really fucking hope that Israel Adesanya does not continue to act in this manner as he did in the cage last night. That was bizarre. I'd like to chalk that up to being a little bit drunk.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, that's not the fucking what we need in this shit, and, and seriously, if that's what he thinks this is, he needs, someone needs to sit him down and explain to him there's a big difference between fucking race and nationality. Yeah. Like he's out there screaming about, screaming N-words and talking about 23andMe DNA tests. Like, bro, he's, he's African. I'm sorry yeah. you don't like it that he might be white, but he's fucking born in Africa, he lives in Africa, he trains in Africa. He's not an insult to say that he's going to be the first African champ who brings a belt to Africa. Sorry that rubs Izzy the wrong fucking way and he wants to turn it into some race shit. It's it's a national thing. Like that's why he kept talking about fucking South Africa. Everybody's like, it's great for South Africa, it's good for the country. Yeah. Blah blah blah.
1: And you know so, what I do think Izzy's like I love Izzy, but he has this thing where when he knows there's like he's a great like talker on the mic, right? But when he knows there's going to be a certain topic that's going to come up, he tries to, like, get in front of it. Like, it, it, almost, like, cringy though. It was very similar, like, when he fought Perea. Was he was, so like, cringy. like going into his fight versus um, Cannoneer. He's over here, like, talking about, yeah, next time we fight, I'm going to put you on skates and all this, like, all this shit, even before the fight came because he knows what fights are coming. And, like, it's just, like, a different vibe that, like, it makes it sound so much more cheap when because it shows like you're afraid. Yeah, he's, like, I hate dude, to be like he's that. He's already it, in his head, yeah. like,
0: rent-free as
1: fuck. Yeah.
0: Like, just for stating facts. Yeah. Like, so clearly a bothered Izzy. Like,
1: and maybe he's not, maybe scared is not the right word because nobody's scared. No, nobody's I'm not saying scared. scared. Scam, but I like, just mean, like, it gets him going. Like, it's a fight that, like, gets his, his brain, like, oh, shit, this is a losable fight. And, like, I'm gonna get ahead of this and I'm gonna try to get in his head. But the thing is, you trying to get so far ahead of it and try to be so alpha, like, it's cringy. Cause it's like, dude, you know, you're, you know, this is a good fight. You're it's just... cringy. And what
0: Duplessis is saying is not, is it anything to do with the fucking pigment levels in your skin? No. Like, I don't, like, that, that shit is just so out of left field. Like, I, it was like he really didn't understand. Like, I don't know, but let's just hope it's not that. I don't mind. I'm all for shit talking. I just, I don't, it's, I don't want to see some fucking stupid racial shit that doesn't. Well, not have anything only that, to do with a fucking fight.
1: It's grasping for straws when you're and ignoring the overall basis of like it's a good fight on paper, no matter yeah. how you like turn it. You don't need to bring all that extra bullshit in. It's no, a great. It's fight. It sells itself. Yeah. There's no reason to be. Especially with shit.
0: him just sparking fucking Whitaker like that. Yeah. yeah. So there's, everything sell. is there. It's going to be a good fight. Mm-hmm. Let's we'll leave that bullshit aside. Yeah. I'm hoping that was just a drunken night and we can just move on and not fucking talk about that shit. Okay. Yeah. Hopefully. You, you know what I mean? And Izzy can't win the argument. It's like even Duplassi he said to him in the, in the ring he was like He's like, well, I am African, but I'm not your brother. Yeah. But he's not wrong. Like, he is fucking African. I don't know why that upsets fucking Izzy so much. Like, Jesus Christ, bro. (laughs) Deal with it. But it's going to be a great fight. I'm really looking forward to it. And I mean, I would like to think Izzy wins that fight because he's one of the best martial artists on the planet. But after seeing this, you really, this thing with Whitaker, I think you really got to give Drickus a a solid shot here.
1: Yeah, he's he has got, intangibles. He's a, yeah, yeah. He's got a very well rounded game. I think one thing with Drickous that I would say is his, like, maybe my one thing I would say about his game that is negative that he's kind of a good at everything but not great at one thing kind of guy. Yeah. yeah. And Izzy is like a great at one thing kind of guy and pretty solid at everything else. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's where I feel like could be the difference in this fight, it's going to come down to, because that's kind of how Marvin Vittori was too, you know, like Marvin could hit hard, he had solid wrestling and all that shit, and that's kind of how Drake is. He hits hard, he's got pretty solid wrestling, he's got good kicks, and he's got, you know, a good game plan. But it's all going to come down to what kind of fight is going to take place in that octagon. Is it going to be a standing war? Because if it is, I think Izzy beats him. But is it, or is it going to become, you know, something where Drakus goes after the takedown early to try to, you know, tire Izzy out, and then later in the fight, you know, tries to deploy some bombs. Mm-hmm. Um, it really comes down to the game plan. I, I, like this fight is close enough on paper that I think, depending on each guy's game plan, will depend on who wins the fight. Well, you know what they want to do is have it fucking in eight weeks, a card
0: in Sydney. I saw he that. He's asking Which a lot crazy. from Reese. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah. that's 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 a bit much. I wouldn't. But there's also something to be said about because with eight weeks, that means he gets like a six week camp, and he's got a, at least a week of recovery after a fight. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. So now he's down to a five week camp in reality. That's is that yeah. is that fair for somebody who no- normally people are getting ten to twelve week camps to pre- <laughs> prepare for Israel out of I don't know. But that's asking a lot.
1: That's asking a lot, but life ain't fair. Sorry, that's true. Oh,
0: no, that's true. <laughs>
1: I hate to be like that. But, I hate to be like that. But when when there's when a when a promotion is trying to promote a fight, they got a timetable, and you got that fight, or you don't got that fight, motherfucker. You signed that contract. Well,
0: but that's the thing, though. He's in a unique position because who the fuck else are they going to give it to? If he says no, I'm not going to be ready by then. Why? Is, who's is he going to fight? Strictly. Okay, I forgot. Sean about, Strickland yeah, will I legit take, forgot about. Sean, Sean Strickland, Strickland will right take now.
1: a fight in three days from now. Okay, you're right. <laughs> you know what I mean. I forgot Sh- about Strickland. Strickland will take a fight tomorrow. Like it doesn't. He will not bat an eye. No, he, you're 100. percent You know what I mean. I honestly, I'd rather see Strickland fight him in
0: eight weeks and fucking and, and, and let Duplessis have an actual fight camp and recovery time because I think it's a, a great fight. I mean, look, I I like Sean actually. You know, I like watching him fight. He's a pretty interesting character. Um, I don't think he beats his and Sonya. Yeah. No, I don't think so. Either. I mean I don't I don't think he has the intangibles there that make up for the clear um advantages that Izzy has. I think C has some intangible things like just like his just awkwardness, that his weird movement, the fact he can take incredible punches and just keep coming. Yeah. He seems to have a the gas tank problems
1: possibly solved. There's some things that are like mm. I, I think that. the size is the biggest thing. He's when big. when you're talking about Israel Adesanya, he is usually has the size advantage going into these middleweight title fights, and I think him and I think Drakus is bigger than him because Drakus has a bigger like uh, build. You know what I mean? Yeah, Izzy's like, a little bit similar fallen, but frame,
0: but bigger build, fucking way yeah. way thicker for sure. Yep. Well, we'll talk about that one as soon as it uh, gets announced. For sure, we know what's happening. But yeah. either way, I'm happy with a Strickland title shot because Duplessis can just wait. It's not going to go to anybody else.
1: Yeah. And Strickland kind of deserves it, honestly. He's been around yeah. a while. He's been title around shot. a while. Kind of got screwed just two fights ago. Yeah, with that but put on shit a great yet. performance last, so what?
0: last, whatever. last week, two weeks ago. All right, what about this fucking flyweight title fight,
1: bro? Wait. What a fucking fight?
0: Brandon Moreno, for the first time in two years, three years, whatever, is fighting somebody not named Figueredo. <laughs> so that was cool. I was happy for that. Um, you know, I have a little known fact about Brenda Moreno I'd like to share with you. If you might not have heard, he is actually of Mexican descent, and he fights out of the country of Mexico. So he is um, a, 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 a actual Mexican mixed martial artist and a champion, which I think is great. <laughs> I just didn't know if you'd heard. Not one. So I think, I I think that's tremendous. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but he was defending his title against uh, Alejandro Pantoja, who actually had a victory over Moreno in Technically, tough, too. And then he had a victory over Moreno in the UFC already as well. A couple different guys fought this past weekend, though. Much oh, higher yeah. skill levels on display. Yeah. Uh, that tough fight was pretty wild. You know, yeah. they, were, they were both root of Yeah. Both, uh, Especially and, Moreno. Yeah, they're both a lot uh, improved in their first fight. And then this one was
1: just. It's It's a fucking banger. It
0: was a split decision victory for uh, Alejandro. So he gets the title, but I did not see that as a. I didn't have any clear. I thought it was
1: unanimous. What am I trying to say? I thought it was
0: unanimous. Yeah, I thought it was pretty clear who won that fight. I had it at four to one on on my
1: scorecard. I had a four to one, I guess I could see where you could do it three, two, but like did you see like the actual scorecards they were talking about it on the on the, uh broadcast? They were talking about like one ref had it like moreno
0: 49-46 moreno
1: no, right. one of them had – i yeah, that's true, but I'm talking round by round. One judge had it that moreno won one, two and three and pantoja won four and five. I was like, how the fuck did you get there? Because he definitely knocked Moreno down in the first round. And then the second round, he yeah. he definitely beat, beat Pantoja in the second round. Yeah, the first round was And the third round was a minute far. and a half of striking by Moreno, and then three and a half minutes of Pantoja on his back trying to finish a choke. Yeah. Like, what the fuck are we doing here? I have no idea. Like, what the fuck are we doing here? Like... I the decision at the end, luckily, is what it was. Yeah, the right guy won the fight. But what the that judge should have to turn his scorecard in and say, what the
0: fuck did you see? Well, like here? we talked on our last episode when when we both came up with solutions for the judging in, in yeah. MMA. Part of it for for both of our viewpoints was some accountability for these guys, both good and bad. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be fucking public. You don't have to get get on fucking social media and, and put up with trolls. But there's got to be somebody you're fucking answering to.
1: And not only that, even sake. even though the decision went the right direction, that should still be reviewed as a, what was you, what were you thinking in that scorecard? Because that kind of stuff, all it takes is two bad judges. All it takes. Well,
0: yeah, and it doesn't matter what we're talking about in life. If you want to improve anything, first you have to be able to measure it. You can't yeah. fucking improve something you can't measure. Yeah, true. So they have. To, that's why they have to be accountable, both good and bad for some, so we can measure what we're doing here yeah. and
1: then seek to make it better. Yeah, no, for sure. I think that's a big part of it. Um, but in the end, it was just a really, really good fight. Very close fight that ends in a big win for Pantoja and seems like going forward he's probably going to fight Brandon Royval considering Royval weighed in as a um as a backup so it would seem that probably Brandon Royval Pantoja is the next fight you make for that title Uh, Moreno I don't really know where he goes from here I think he might does he stick around at 25? Does he go up to 135? Yeah. Do we see him fight Figueroa for the belt in 2025? Hey, Stop! Oh. <laughs> Shut your mouth! Don't you tempt the MMA gods, <laughs> dear fucking lord!
0: <laughs> no, no more fights. He might do fighting
1: Figueredo. Dominic Cruz, dog. He's going to be at the top if he beats Dominic Cruz. Moreno steps in. He fights Cejudo, like they were going to say that they were going to. That fight happens. He beats Cejudo. He beats Dominic Cruz. I'm going to quit Aljo. watching the Hold UFC on. if that happens. Aljo gives up the title because he's going to 45, so it's a vacant title. <laughs> and you have Brandon versus Davidson, Figueroa number six.
0: <laughs> For the vacant boy title that I'm going to throw up. Is it five or six? No disrespect to either of those guys. They're great, <laughs> but I can't see them fight no more, bro. No more. Two years, that's what we got. Four like, in a row. Three years. You're like, no more. But yeah, that, that'd be crazy. But like Moreno's a great fucking fighter. He is. Um, I, this is not anywhere near the end of his career. No. Or not, not even close. But I'm not sure what he does from this point on in the immediate future.
1: It's just tough because it's the same way in, in the reason why Davis Figueredo had to move to 135. Because how are you going to justify to the fans like a, a third fight? Right. Like this guy's now... Or a fourth fight. Sorry. He's beat this side three times now. And at... Also, how how do you convince his management and him that Brandon Moreno gets a fourth fight, dude? After being down three zero, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. No. I feel you. All
0: right, so moving on to well, real the... quick, I want to say that yeah. I I did like um, in the aftermath of the victory, um, you know, when Alejandro first gets into the into the fucking octagon, he's getting booed pretty heavy. And then he just made a really impassioned speech, I thought, or whatever you want to call it, where, you know, talk about moving to America, training a top team. Clearly, he's been working on his English. He's got yeah. this fucking – he had, like, 800 children up there. He had, like, four kids all about the same age, and his wife up there with him. He was, yeah. like, talking about how hard he worked. And, like, dude, he's done all the right things, I think, that you need to do. And I'm not talking about being successful in MMA, but being successful as a, as a non-English native speaker – in the ufc where you want to gain some popularity with the american audiences and it's yeah. very helpful if you fucking if like you speak english you do other things and he's dude he's working hard on it like and he's he's proud of his story he shares that shit about his dad he's like yeah. dad i drop hope some, you're finally fucking
1: proud of me drops the bomb of all bombs jesus turns out he's Stain, got some thanks his mom for freaking growing up as a single mom and watching after him and then <laughs> drops the mic on his dad yeah i mean and then by the end of it, the crowd's fucking showing him some love.
0: And how yeah. can he not root for that guy? Yeah, and that, yeah. I mean, that, that was a beautiful moment, man. Yeah. And there's fucking little kids, they're all crying because they're so happy for their daddy. It was a great thing, dude. I really yeah. liked it. It's a touching moment for sure. Yeah. And, and, I, and I hope that does something for him, like uh, social media wise, et cetera. It, it would be Popularity, good to see some
1: people yeah. get behind him. You know what I mean? Because the He's UFC got wants the skills, it. man. I'll tell you that. For a guy who's considered more a jujitsu practitioner than anything, that motherfucker can crack, dude. He can crack. he can crack. People better watch out. Him and Roy Val is gonna be a great fight because Roy Vall can crack too. Yeah. And Roy vall has been on a tear. That should be a really interesting fight. I knew going out of going out of this fight, whether it was Moreno or Pantoja, that whoever fights Roy Vall next is going to be. It's going to be a banger. Like because mm-hmm. that dude has does not have boring fights.
0: Nope. Well, wrapping up the card, we had. Uh, The 145-pound unification between the interim champion, Yair Rodriguez, regular champ, Alexander Volkanovski.
1: Yeah.
0: Peaked down, And uh, we got Volkanovski winning by uh, TKO, 419, round three, in a very dominant performance. I believe you took him down five times in the first round? Yeah. Five in the first, two in the second, I do believe, or something Mm. like that. He had seven total takedowns. And um, dude... Volkanovski is the best fighter in the UFC, not named John Jones, without a doubt. And he might be better than John Jones, pound for pound. It's so hard to tell.
1: Yeah, I don't know.
0: It's. Volk is just great everywhere. What makes it hard to tell is just like, Jones in a three year layoff. Now he's come back and he beats Cyril Gahn. But how do you compare that to a dude who's just been cranking out victories, just fucking. Alexander in my mind, the beat Great Makhachev. is the
1: perfect nickname for him because he is amazing. the great.
0: <laughs> I mean, he's handled. Everyone, everyone in the division,
1: a laundry list of opponents.
0: I mean, and the and the the the, the shit that people had on him before was like, oh, he, you know, he he didn't beat Holloway, really. Well, he put it into that, yeah, twice. You know? Yeah, he he fucking put a stamp on, on that criticism. Everybody knows how well he did in that Makačev fight. I mean, it's it's hard to say he lost that. I mean, he did technically a weight class above, but they're already talking about him getting another crack at it.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. There's not really much left for him at featherweight unless, like, Aldo, or not Aldo, sorry, Aljo, Aljamain Sterling, vacates and goes up to 45 and gets an immediate title shot, which I
1: could see happening. Don't have a problem with, actually. You think he vacates or he tries to go for the double champ status and then vacates? I think he vacates. Think so? Yeah, Aljo is like a sportsman kind of guy. I don't really think he gives a fuck about the, the double champ thing. I don't think so. I think a lot of the shines off that double champ thing. We all know he,
0: he can't defend both anyways. The only person that could do it was Amanda, and it only counts because there's not
1: really a 45 division. Yeah, they made up a division. But she she did find a 45. No,
0: she's, I'm not trying to discredit her. I'm just yeah. saying there wasn't a long line of people waiting for the cracks at that 45 belt that she held.
1: Yeah, 100%.
0: So that helped. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so Volkanovsky, though. I mean, what is there to say? People were talking about what a test this was going to be for him and, well, he passed that shit with flying colors, dude. I'd say it
1: was very similar to the fight that Yair had with Frankie a couple years ago where we just saw the holes in his grappling and I think those holes are much smaller now, but when you're fighting the best of the best of the best, like, everything, it's got to be, everything's got to go right to win. And it just was one of those nights where everything didn't go right for Yair. And he had some good moments. You know, he, he he was a game opponent for, you know, as long as it lasted. But at the end, Volkanovski is just on a whole other level than the entire division, man. It's not just Yair. You know what I mean? It's like everybody in the division, good luck. I mean, struck him 66 to 40 on significant yeah. strikes as
0: well. So it wasn't like it was just a wrestle fuck and he, he just was scared to, to stand and trade with him. No, he was really? actually countering Yair, which, yeah. when you look at their height difference, 5'6 to 5'11, it's really an, an impressive skill to be able to counter somebody when you're that fucking small.
1: And also, not to mention that he's 5'11 and is fast as fuck. Yair. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yair is one of the fastest guys in the division. His And honestly, Volk. Felt some of that, and still just kept coming forward. You know what I mean? And there was there was some times where he got some pretty good kicks in, but uh it was like Yair would hit Volk with a nasty leg kick, and then Volk would hit him back with, with just as one, just as nasty. And it really spoke to Volk and Alice's ability to just match whatever and just having a never, ending, just like a never ending pace, man. Because that's really what it was. It, it like. When he finished that fight, he just ran him over. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it was, it was like an avalanche that it fucking Yair had no, he had no way of defending it. It was just, it was done. It was over, and it was a great fight for Volk.
0: I think a lot of Volkanovski, aside from the fact that he's really skilled, it boils down to what I was talking about earlier, is he has one of those intangible things that you can't account for yeah. until you feel it. I think much like Khabib had with his strength that you just was, you didn't understand it till you felt it in there. Yeah, Because of his background in rugby, and I know we've talked about it before on the show, but for those listening that might not be aware, I mean, the guy was a 220-pound professional rugby player, and yeah. he wasn't fat. Yeah. Jacked. Yeah. And now he's a hundred forty-five pound fucking MMA fighter, but he still has—he has that strength. Like he's got strength and stamina on a different fucking level from having that much muscle and and moving it around. And dude, have you, anybody that's watched rugby, you know how fucking physical that is.
1: And I think if you want to look at any any example for real, look at that fight with Islam. Islam manhandles people like, yeah. like it's nothing, and he just and, couldn't do it to Volk because Volk was just too tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well. So where do you think he goes from here? You think he runs it back with Islam, or you think he takes a fight like a Taporia or Aljamain Sterling? I think a lot of it's going to depend on what happens with Sean O'Malley and Aljamain Sterling. Hmm.
0: I think if uh, Aljo goes out and handily beats Sterling, I think he's going to call for the Volkanovski fight. That's my opinion. Yeah, I think so too. Um, or just Sterling? I mean, the other the other way around. I'm I mean, saying if if Aljo wins, he's going to call out fucking Volk yeah. in my yeah, opinion. Yeah. Um. You know whether he tries to hang on to the title or not, I kind of doubt. But I think that's what he'll do, Mm. especially with uh, Mirab just right there in the wings waiting. He's already been talking a lot about it, and I think that um, that's a good fight for both guys. Yeah, I like that fight better than him going back up and fighting Islam again. But I have no problem with it.
1: Yeah, if he does that, both uh both the guys from City Kickboxing going home with a couple uh broken arms, huh? Mm -hmm.
0: Dan Hooker got. Dan Hooker
1: broke his arm, and then. Vulcanasi was talking about he needs to get a procedure on his arm, so yeah, he's he probably broke surgery. his arm too. Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's what I was thinking. It might point
1: even more towards that Aljo,
0: as long as he's victorious against O'Malley, is because he's taking time out for surgery anyways, and I guess yeah. plenty of time for you know Aljo not to be rushed because Sterling's not going to take another fucking rushed title
1: shot here like he did. He's
0: he's been so vocal about this.
1: Yeah. Uh, also, another little fold into it. Is Islam is most likely going to be defending his title against Oliveira in that in that same timeline? Yeah, that Abu so, Dhabi card. Right? Yeah, so would it really be? There's a chance that he he couldn't get get that back, and that's something he spoke about in the post fight press conferences. If Al uh not Aljo, sorry uh Oliveira were to win against Magachev in Abu Dhabi that he still would want to fight Makachev over fighting for the 155 million. that's interesting but
0: there is two sides to every fight though so what on earth does Makachev have to gain for accepting this fight with Volkanovski a second time nothing in his mind he's already won yeah he's like fuck your controversy Yeah. moving on so I don't know I mean, just pressure from the UFC. It, you never know if he's going to be able to get it
1: I'd say pressure from the UFC has a lot to do with it though also We've seen we've seen countless guys be goaded into fights that they shouldn't have taken this is true although the ufc really seems to love the chechen fighters
0: that's and i don't true. really see him pressing them too much with yeah, for anything I, I don't know why yeah. but i don't really see him they don't i mean even like Chimaev, we we're talking about earlier he didn't get publicly recommended reprimanded by the ufc at all yeah it's all like, behind closed doors like, all, all this stuff's been quiet they yeah. seem to we'll okay. see it was a good card, though, overall. Really, really fucking good card. Um, let's move on, though, and talk about... Uh, we've got an upcoming BKFC fight card. It's BKFC 47. And we've had their middleweight champ, Dave Mundell, on the show before. He's a great guy. Uh, really fucking tough competitor. He's 6-1 in the BKFC. And he's going to be fighting Mike the Marine Richmond for this middleweight title.
1: Kind of a weird fold into this as well as this is Richmond coming off his loss to Lorenzo Hunt in the title fight in his last fight. Yeah, this is a light heavyweight, yes. Yeah. Uh, So then he goes down. Cool. You know, kind of cool thing, though, when you talk about uh, BKFC is how, you know, if you're talented and you're willing to fight across divisions, there's really no shine you're going to lose from losing to a champion.
0: Yeah, so it's a unique situation for Mike the Marine Richmond in that he was undefeated, all right? He was the number one contender in two weight divisions. And so you're right, he did just lose at light heavyweight against Lorenzo Hunt in a fight that he was just about won, too. Like, it was a real back-and-forth affair where he basically KO'd Lorenzo Hunt, who I can't remember if he beat the count or was saved by the bell or some shit happened. And then the very next... 20 seconds later, he's laid out in the second round by Hunt. Like, they both basically KO'd each other. Yeah. Hunt gets the victory. But it was in a weight class above. So what shine does he lose <coughs> in the weight class below, where he also happens to be the number one contender? I say none. <laughs> so it, it makes sense. Yeah, no, um, it does. Yeah, on the surface, it might be like, what the fuck? But when you when you look at it that way, it makes sense. Um, Dude, Richmond is...
1: It's gonna be a tough fight. Both guys are fucking
0: dogs. Dude, these guys, you, when you're talking about Lorenzo Hunt, Louis Palomino, Mike the Marine, Richmond, and I'm gonna include Dave Mundell in this in this group. I mean, he's six and one. Um
1: these top tier, these, like these guys are hella fucking good. Mm-hmm. Mundell, especially. Mundell's got like some really, really crisp punches. Like his, his ability to set his opponents up and just like his combos are fucking nasty. But that was, the, the fight, get fight against Francisco Ricci, bro. Oh. <laughs> oh my god! I remember such him. a height disadvantage yeah. there, and he was
0: coming in and landing and getting yeah. out and not getting hit. It was unbelievable. It's strange. And now he's fighting. I mean, somebody that's his size, height wise, maybe even a little smaller than him. Yeah. I don't. Even, I don't I have the no idea too? who to pick. Like both these guys are so good. But <laughs> what I do know beyond a shadow of a doubt. Of a doubt is that it will be a banger of a fucking fight.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm taking Mundell just
1: because he's been on the show.
0: I like Mundell too. He's a really cool guy. Mike Richmond, you
1: dude. want me to pick you? Come on the show.
0: Right. <laughs> and hopefully, uh, we can. Uh, I didn't want to bother Dave at all in the preparations for this. You know what I mean? I just. When it starts getting close to these fights, I don't. It feels weird texting guys for interviews, but uh, we're definitely going to hit him up afterward to see if he, he wants to come on the show again and talk about it, which would be awesome. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, I, I can't pick against against the redneck. Yeah, uh, he's a small boy. He is a dog. Both those guys are just dogs. Like, there's no losers, and the winners are the fans, for sure. Because this one's going to be a banger.
0: And that is a solid card overall. Um, We've got light heavyweights, featherweights, bantamweights. Straight down the card, there's some good women's flyweight bouts, middleweights, too. Um I'm not gonna go through all these names because most of us really don't know who they are, but they're starting to make names for themselves. I encourage everybody that's in any combat sports to tune into bkfc forty seven like I think the app price has gone up to like seven ninety nine a month or some shit now which still. is still absolutely worth it yeah. um, and moving on to end up the show, we have crazy boxing news
1: yep. I mean... The fight everyone thought never would materialize has now materialized.
0: We haven't got the official announcement, but every single indication is says that Tyson Fury versus Francis Ngannou is fucking happening next. Yeah. And... I'm really excited for this fight, Paul. Like, I'm not going to lie. And it's not because I think, oh, Ngannou's going to go out there and win. I'm excited because Francis Ngannou has gone out and fucking done everything he said he's going to do despite this... Massive group of MMA fans that just want to suck on the fucking UFC teats and fucking blow Dana White and just love the brand so much that once Ngannou was gone, they're like, fuck that dude. When he was there, oh, we love his story. We want fighters to make more money. They don't want fighters to make more money if they're not in the UFC. Yeah. And since now he's left, and we had Dana try to fucking shit on him on the way out the door. You get Dana White going all over fucking MMA media, Paul. And what was he saying? Oh, we released him. We let him go. You didn't fucking release him. He left. He finished his contract. You couldn't renegotiate, and he left as the champ. Yeah, He wasn't fucking cut. Make it sound like they just, ah, we just let him fucking go. Fuck yeah. that dude. And then what did he do? He shit all over the boxing, right? He was like, "Oh, that's that's a stupid fight." The Engano Fury, remember all that? Then what did he do? He tried to steal that fight with John Jones. Yeah. He sends fucking Tyson Fury an offer to fight John Jones. Supposedly mm-hmm. there was two boxing and MMA. Right after shitting on Nganu for wanting the same thing, and so yeah. why does he do that? Just to shit on Nganu? Yeah. Dana White's one of the pettiest fucking men alive. Yeah. He's petty. Petty as fuck. And who, who's winning? Ghana, signs the big fucking contract. Ngannou's on the board. Ngannou's president of whatever Africa shit they're they're bringing over there for PFL. And I don't mean that to sound disrespectful, but I mean, he it was real important to him to bring MMA to Africa. Yeah. And they made him some sort of ambassador for that shit, right? Mm-hmm. And now all indications are this fight is happening. Eddie Hearn says it's happening. All the major boxing sites say it's happening. Area Hawaiianese. Area Hawani's it is happening. Yeah, Fury's out there saying that Ngannou going to make ten to fifty times more than he ever made in the UFC. Yeah, which is crazy. <laughs> now, that's my rant. What are your thoughts?
1: I'm more worried about the fight side of it. See, I like it as Tyson Fury versus Francis Ngannou in a boxing match. That's what I'm paying for. Like straight in a yeah, in the in, fucking ring. Yeah, yeah. Like Marks and Queensberry rules, fucking boxing, mm-hmm. boxing. This whole idea that there is this like kind of underboiling, boiling rumor that it could be a hybrid boxing match with smaller gloves and all this shit like that, miss me with that bullshit because I don't care about that.
0: Yeah, they're talking about it being Queensberry rules still, but yeah. with four ounce MMA gloves and in a cage instead yeah, of a boxing. Ring.
1: No, thank you. I want a boxing match, Francis. The the whole idea of what you were doing was a boxing match. Tyson Fury, the whole reason you said you wouldn't do the Jones thing because is you're a boxer. So we'll box each other. You know what I mean. And that's my only real yeah qualm that. with this this fight. I really like the fight. I mean, it's it, it should be interesting. Um, I think Francis has no fucking chance. But mm. um, I'm I'm glad to see anybody get paid. I mean, even if he were to land a lucky punch,
0: I don't think that that necessarily knocks out yeah, Tyson I don't think Fury. So either, I yeah. mean, after seeing him take. The fucking death blows of fucking Wilder and rise up like the goddamn dead in that first fight, and that was when he was, you know, out of shape. Fury still, like he's, and then still fight the dude two more times.
1: Yeah, well, and the question becomes as well: Does Tyson Fury go one of two routes? Does he fight it like old Tyson Fury, where because he knows he's so much more skilled than Francis, he tries to do a little bit of show showmanship with his defense and his, you know, burying strikes and shit like that, and get caught. Or does he go out there like the two times he fought Deontay Wilder because he knows what it's like to fight a crazy power puncher mm-hmm. and try to put Francis away quick? Because there's 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 very, there's a very good chance that he, he still employs that Kronk style and puts it on Francis. And yeah. I don't know if Francis is ready for that. Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> like As much as it does leave some more openings that it, like maybe his old style didn't, that motherfucker is 6'8, 300 pounds. Six, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, although Francis is big, Francis is like 6'6, six, six, 300 pounds. Mm-hmm. Fucking Tyson is bigger than Francis, also. Like, yeah, Francis has
0: never faced anything like that. No, Nobody in mixed martial arts has, not in a boxing ring. Not, no. a, not of, of Tyson Fury's incredible skill set and that size. Dude, that size yes. is crazy. Size is nuts. Because so, he yeah. uses it in the ring. He puts that size on you at times. It's not like he's like Bob Sapp in there, just mm-hmm. only because he's big, is he winning? No, he moves no. like a fucking much smaller guy. Moves
1: like a middleweight, hits like a heavyweight, looks like a super heavyweight. So, yeah, I agree. Uh, Ngannou has
0: basically zero chance of winning, but I don't think that's the victory for Ng- Ngannou. percent Like, Ngannou wins by getting the fucking fight. Yeah. Just like... Connor won Connor by flip, getting the fight. Yeah. Like that's the victory there, bro. You snagged a bag. You're you're gonna. There's gonna be a great buildup. I'm yeah. gonna buy the pay per view, and I don't. And I'm an Ingunu fan. I'm a Tyson Fury fan, and I'm gonna watch Tyson Fury beat Nganu. And
1: I truly hope that, in in my heart, that at the end of the day, no matter what Francis gets paid, that he doesn't turn. Not in the actual side, because they're two very different people. But in the fight side of it, into what Conor McGregor has become since he fought Floyd. Yeah. Because I swear to God, if Conor McGregor fights, goes from Eddie Alvarez to fighting Khabib, it's a much different fight than going to fighting Floyd and taking three years off and all the shit he did in between fighting Floyd and fighting Khabib that he does not do something similar, like, in the PFL, like, you know, he, he fights Tyson Fury, and it's a close fight, but he loses some lopsided decision, or, or, you know, some kind of similar to Connor, gets some standing, standing TKO, or some shit like that, you know, that he does not turn around, and go, all right, well, all these business ventures are coming now, and all this shit, and, now I'm gonna fight in three years in the PFL, which for Francis Ngannou would mean that he's 42, because mm-hmm. he's what 38 right now, 39. So he's 41, 42 at that time. They bring in somebody good because they they knew what they had to do to not only pay that guy, but you know put on a, a big event for a Francis Ngannou fight, and he goes out and loses in the PFL because. That would fucking suck to watch, yeah, because surely. that is what the UFC will cling to, if if that happens. Yeah, because they'll go. Psh, see, told, see you. He told you. He, he stepped out, of, out. He stepped out of the UFC because he knew he was gonna get fucked up by John. Oh uh, yeah, that would suck. That's that the only happen. way it goes bad from here. If you're Francis Ngannou, if you go and you lose to Tyson Fury, you get a bag, but then you go to PFL and do what you do. Everything's okay. But don't get blinded by that that money. You know what I mean?
0: No, so there is some talk about it being some sort of exhibition.
1: The exhibition is going to be a circus.
0: We've seen this. know, uh, the Roy Jones Mike Tyson fight was technically an exhibition to yeah, Tyson all... win it. At that motherfucker. Yeah, like, that was
1: a great fucking fight. Like it was a great fight, but it was also like both guys were out of their career. Both guys were, you know, there. There was no crazy. Um, stakes there's stakes in this fight
0: now i'm sure the wbc is more than willing
1: to make it so the
0: title is not on the line i'm sure there's some it's boxing there's some fucking workaround where the title's not at stake and it could still be a sanctioned boxing do you know what i mean how crazy would it be those are the two things is that that they don't want the title to be at risk and licensing in ganu as an o and o fighter but if they're doing it in the Middle East, I don't know what commissions are over there. Yeah, so who gives I don't, a fit. Don't think it matters And if the point. WBC is willing to let Tyson Fury, you know, why would they? Why would they have a problem not putting the belt at risk? So that solves yeah, both those issues I mean, and just make it a, a real
1: fight. What if it was for the belt? Because Ngannou has talked about how he was wanted a boxing career. First fight in the fight, boxing wins wins WBC championship. Well, that'd be crazy. That would be literally nuts. I like to play in that that realm sometimes though, because that would be one of the coolest things. That it would be one of the coolest sports, things knowing I mean, yeah. Ingunn's story. It's, yeah, it's real
0: life Rocky, but even better. Even better, yeah. Like Rocky just came from like the hood. Like yeah, Ingunn no. was on a fucking boat and then sand mines, and jail, and, yeah. and
1: Jesus Christ, bro, like. Yeah. It's like, I'll tell you a story that Sean Strickland told on Joe Rogan. He hangs out because they, they both train in the same gym, right? And uh, I guess like a day went by and uh, it was Francis's birthday and Francis didn't tell anyone in the gym. So the day goes by and uh, he brought it up to him and he's like, "It's like, what the hell, Francis, you didn't tell me what it was, your birthday? Like we could have like, you know, at least went to dinner or something. And And he goes, you know, Sean, in the salt mines, there are no birthdays, you know. You know, it's just another day. <laughs> I was yeah. Like damn, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And that exactly. mentality, you know, like that is that is the epitome of like coming from the bottom, you know. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that would be amazing.
0: But hopefully, we'll get an official announcement and those these minor details like that. We'll find out.
1: Yeah. Well, I think that about wraps it up for us today. Yeah. Thanks for
0: tuning in, everybody. To thank the sponsor for this week's show, which is Binoid CBD. You can get great uh, deals on their CBD, Delta Nine, THC products, as well as deals from the UFC store onto the latest in apparel. If you simply go where?
1: Swapmate.com, or you can head over there, click the gear button, buy a t-shirt and support the podcast. Then head over to uh, Instagram and follow us at Swapmate Podcast. Thanks, everybody. Peace.